0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 303, entitled Monitoring websites for clients. It was published on Thursday, the 10th of November, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in a few minutes for my chat with David Wormsley. But before that, a few bits of housekeeping to get us started. There's a few things going on on WP builds right now. The first thing to mention is our Black Friday page. I'm going to stress that if you're into WordPress and you want to have a reliable source for all things WordPress around Black Friday, we have a URL for you. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash black. That's WPBuilds.com forward slash black. It's a searchable, filterable list of all of the products that we're told about. If, of course, you have a product in the WordPress space and you would like to be put on that list, there is a button, a blue button. It says add your deal right at the top of the page. Feel free to come fill out the form and we'll get it onto that page as soon as possible. There are a few sponsor slots at the top of that page. So if you're interested, there's a yellow button at the top as well. We'd be very happy. We've got a couple of sponsor slots left over. The other thing to mention is our awards page. It's a bit silly. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash awards. The whole point is to raise money for Big Orange Heart. And if you donate $20 and send me a picture of your receipt, I will gladly put you on that awards page and you are guaranteed to win whatever section it is that you put yourself up for. Once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash awards. Now, during the course of the last week or so, Twitter has been in a bit of a state of flux. Obviously, Elon Musk has taken over over there, and a few people have decided that is the moment that they wish to try something out, which is different. Well, for the last year or so, I've been mentioning that we have an install of Mastodon. It's over at wpbuilds.social. That's a URL, wpbuilds.social. Feel free to join over there. There's a Currently, I think about 80 people joined up. So if you want to swell the number and have a place on the web, which is decentralized and federated, the primary difference really is, number one, there's no ads, which is good. Number two, there's no algorithm determining what's happening in your feed. It is very simply a list chronologically. So the newer stuff at the top, the older stuff at the bottom. And in many ways, it's a bit like Twitter. My understanding is that on mass, Mastodon has grown pretty rapidly over the last few weeks, so it may well be that quite a few of your friends are over there. Don't worry too much, you've probably heard some horror stories about how difficult it is to set up. It's difficult to set up the server, but it's very, very easy to set up an account and get started. And you can contact everybody from our server, no matter what other server they are on. So once more, wpbuilds.social. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today. By GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24 7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash wp builds. That's go.me forward slash. WP Builds. And sincere thanks go out to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, I'm chatting today with David Wormsley. We're in season five of our WordPress business bootcamp. This is the final series, so we're on the home straight now. This episode is entitled Monitoring Websites for Clients. Well, no doubt if you are building websites, you have some kind of arrangement. Some kind of care plan where you take care of their website. But how do you make sure that everything is running as it should be? What does that even mean? What kind of things are you monitoring for? Are you looking for visual changes that might occur on the website? What about the UI? Are you looking at performance? Are you looking at security? Are there legal constraints that you've got to worry about? There's absolutely loads in here. Are you dealing with it? Do you hand it off to somebody else? How do you monitor it? We've got a whole list of tools that might help you in this endeavour So it's a nice episode and I hope that you enjoy it.
1: Welcome to another in the business bootcamp series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. We're on season five, which is the last in our bootcamp series, and it's all about what happens after the website's built. We're on episode two, which is talking about monitoring websites for clients. Nathan and I are taking contrasting approaches to getting our new businesses running and our first client site. Built. She's a new lawyer with no previous site. And should we just quickly talk, Nathan, about our different approaches, perhaps to this subject? So, Yeah, yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Um, so mine is the more traditional
0: approach. You get a proposal out there, they agree to the proposal, you build the website, hand it over and move on to the next client, basically. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So no monitoring for you. No, that's right. Um, I just I just say sayonara and
1: disappear off. No, I, this was always like care plan territory, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, exactly. And um, for me, going the agile approach, it, it really should be all about that because we try and get something out and we iteratively improve the design over time based on the feedback that we get from user experience. So it's really, my approach should be all about the monitoring, really. Yeah. But yeah, I think... In in the real world, it's never as simple as that. You have your care plans like you mentioned. Um, So the relationship continues, doesn't it, with the client? There's a lot more to this, though, than meets the eye. Because
0: when when you suggested this as a topic and I opened up the show notes that you would created, I I thought there would only be like one or two things. Because when I was thinking about monitoring, the first Mm. thing that came into my head was only things like uptime. And everything else didn't really occur to me. And then you've presented me with this list of sort of six or seven different things and there's quite yeah. a lot in here, but I, I don't
1: suppose it will be a particularly long episode. But anyway. No, and I, I've separated it into two sort of sections. There's kind of the health monitoring, making sure the website's running well. And then there's the more stuff that I'm supposed to be doing with the agile approach, which is more the business effectiveness and monitoring that. So shall we start a little bit with the health monitoring? Because I know, you know, you end up doing some of this as well, even from a traditional point of view, or used to do at least. Yeah, um, so. let's, let's
0: go through all the bits and pieces that might make up health monitoring, because it is more than I thought. Okay, D- should we just yeah. kick off in order? Should we go in the order that you've written them all down?
1: Yeah. Well, the first one, actually, visual, um, how the site is looking, um, is something which I don't, you know, I've only cracked recently because there's a tool for it. Um, how did you deal with this before? It suddenly looked off. Yeah, so the, the way that I would do this is I would go to
0: the website, I would set myself like a Monday morning task and I mm. would randomly pick at one or two pages on all, well, probably a bit more by the time I'd got there. But the idea of the task, though, was to sit down and go through all of the client sites and just have a quick look. So I'd go mm. to the home page and essentially just scroll up and down. And if anything lurched out, like that's not the way it's supposed to be, then I would explore further the reality is that exercise became kind of a bit a bit boring because it hardly ever changed. It was really, really rare. So that was a weekly thing. And mm. the only times that a, a client phoned up was when a site had been hacked and things had actually been put onto the website that shouldn't have been there. And actually, you know, it was stuff that was... It was awful. It was horrible stuff. And um, and so that was pretty obvious that there was something wrong there. But my, my task... For that was a very much a manual one, but then now, like you said, there are tools which can take this on, and you've got a few in your arsenal,
1: and I think I probably use the same one. Yeah, well, it's um, the one for that. Really, is just Hexo Watch. That's the one I use, and we both got deals with this, didn't we?
0: Yeah, it's a really great tool, actually, in that you you log in. It's a SaaS platform. And mm-hmm. I guess there are tiers and what have you, but I, you know, I think the lifetime deal that we got in, we don't need to worry <laughs> about all that. But you just type in a URL, and then you give it um, some instructions of what it needs to look at. And so, for example, it could literally look at the page and store a copy of that, and then next time it comes round, it compares it to the previous version. So you may have it set up daily, and you could say, for example, look at the top third of that page and if there is a 10% change then mm. give me an email but it can go much further you know it can look at the the output html and if there's any changes in there it can detect things like whether or not the the platform that you're using so if you move from wordpress over to joomla or something like that and uh, mm. and it's it's great the only the only downside i suppose is is that it takes a while to get it right in that you know the tiniest variation can trigger uh, an email and very often the email is not really wanted. Now if it's a if it's a static site any variation is worth hearing about. But let's say in the case of WP builds every single week the the homepage changes twice a week because yeah, I put, yeah. you know, new blog posts and um, podcast episodes. And so I get that notification each week because a proportion has changed and I haven't really gone in and tweaked it. But it's it's a great yeah. tool.
1: Yeah, and and uh, I think there are ways of doing it yourself. Actually, I think there are scripts out there that allow you to be able to do this kind of screenshotting stuff and provide you information back. And I learned something about this uh, just recently, and I did it because I, I used to get those emails, and I was the temptation then is to ignore them because i oh it's that site again. It'd That's been nothing. right. That's exactly um, the problem. Yeah, I, and I've changed it now to pick uh, to ignore the. Typically, a home page which may have something like a slide or something that's more likely to move because it's more complex page than another. So I've, I've tended to remove the home page and swap it out with a bunch of other sites, uh, other pages. So right. I, I think that's probably going to give me because really my own experience is there's only been a visual change whether either they've done something and I've got tools which tell me a little bit about that. Usually if they've added some new content in Um and uh, otherwise, it'll just be some caching issue or some update issue, but it's very rare. So yeah. It's one of those kind of insurance policy tools in that the mm. day
0: that it tracks something that truly is meaningful will be the mm. day it pays for itself. But at the moment, it kind of feels <laughs> yeah. like it pesters me, and I'm happy to get the emails. You know, if I was really that bothered about them, I would, I would go and modify the search. But I get, mo- you know, emails on a twice-weekly basis, and exactly like you said, you become a bit... Um, anesthetized to them you don't really give them the attention that they deserve so that when the the, well it's like the the boy who cried wolf when the real one comes along you're just going to be immune to it but it's a it's a great tool you know if if you've got many many websites that you need to be monitoring and you've figured out how to do it I do like your idea of going to a page that's never going to change like I don't know the contact us page or something like that that seems like a A more intelligent way of doing it. But there's loads and loads of different things that you can set up in there and different ways that you can make it work. Just curiously, because I never did ask, what did you do before that tool came along? Did you have like a weekly regimen like I did?
1: Yeah, I didn't really have anything. Originally, and this is the thing, whether you decide to, you made it part of your care plan. I I didn't do anything like that because they were mostly being charged for the hosting. I didn't want the job. So I really didn't do anything, but I felt I should get ahead of it. So I think I even did a video on it. I used to set it up so I had all of these tabs on a there's a there's a little extension where I could set them all up on a tab and go zoom and put them all up and have a quick look through each of the tabs right. to see if they all looked okay. Right. So I d- used to do that regularly, but I I did try to avoid taking responsibility. I said that it was up to them to see if their website was broken and let me know. Yeah, I think that's probably a f- certainly if you've got the
0: automated tools, that's great nowadays. But it yeah. may be that your your budget can't stretch to that, and and having some yeah. sort of system in place where you or a colleague just goes and does a quick check. It's a bit yeah. like the check I always did before I handed a site over. You know, I would just, I, I'd i been playing with it for several weeks and I was absolutely certain that it was finished. But just yeah. before I finally contact the client and say, right, we're ready, I would then go pretty much through everything and just give it one last check. It was more out of fear that I'd miss something than anything else. But you get your eye in, don't you? You just suddenly notice, oh, hang on, that's... That's quirky. Yeah. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But yeah, these tools are really good. So that's. Do you think we've done the visual
1: thing there? Have we... I think so. Yeah. Okay. The next one, still, I, I have no solution for this. Really, well, I've called it UI. So it's whether the site is working for the user, um, testing things like forms or anything else that you know needs to work. Whether someone can place an order on e-commerce or something like that all that kind of stuff i don't so this
0: I... is this is checking that things like for example forms or shopping yeah. carts are still mm. functioning and mm. they're possible to use yeah i actually did fall foul of this once and it wasn't at wordpress i was saying to you about, before we hit record back in the day when i was using drupal there was a module as they're called in drupal called webform and it's a you know imagine gravity forms and what have you it was a it was similar to that in that you could install it and it would take care of your form needs and I got uh, an email from the client basically saying, look, can you just check? Because, I don't know, a month ago, the, the the regular influx of forms that we get, three, four, five, I don't know, however many a week or a day, it just dried up. It's gone to nothing. And sure enough, it was the form, the web form had stopped working. So in other words, the plugin had broken. Um, mm. I think I probably updated it or... Anyway, the long and the short was... It totally had broken, and I felt really embarrassed, actually, because I hadn't made any checks on the forms or anything like that. Mm. And and I, to this day, I'll never know what kind of business they may have lost and all of that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but it was salutary. It did make me feel maybe I should be checking this kind of stuff as well. But
1: you don't have a process, but you do know of tools that allow this to happen. I only know of one that I did try out, but it's quite an expensive tool, so I couldn't justify the cost of it. Ghost inspector will allow you to to go through a process it has been a long time since i used it but it used to have a chrome extension so you could go onto your site and record certain actions like filling in a form and then it would do that uh, you know regularly whatever you set it to do and then tell you if it failed and i ran this for a while on one of my sites but uh, again it was another one where, the, where it gave me more false positives and kind of came off
0: yeah, so with a tool like
1: that, you could set it up
0: to I don't know purchase the T-shirts that you're selling, yeah. and and it will be like a, a fake purchase, but you know hopefully it will track whether the, the 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 order is is possible and so on. And in the same way, it could track um, form submissions and see if they're coming through. The the yeah. uh, curiously, I actually this week got a. I, I'm using Fluent Forms, and I got a. I got an email, it was an error Mm. email from Fluent Forms to say that the connection between uh, the form and, in this case, a a CRM had broken. And I've never received an an email like that before. And so that was curious to me. It had detected that the information that it should have been passing from the form to the CRM had not triggered or not been successfully completed. And so it, it warned me about it. So I was able Mm. to go in and test it again myself. And I thought that was kind of curious. And then it got me thinking, wonder why form plugins don't have this built in, you know, that that capability Mm. to test itself. So Gravity Forms, Fluent Forms, Ninja, Formidable, whatever. You could could set up somewhere in the UI, please test this form every week or month or whatever it might be. Now, I don't know how difficult that is to pull off. It might be really difficult, but... Um, just struck me as kind of like a nice feature.
1: Yeah, I agree. And actually, I've only got one site that's got uh, Fluent Forms on it, and um, it it sends me uh, uh, a weekly summary of people who filled it in. Yeah, and I think that's, right, that's quite more a nice, than a nice little yeah. feature, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, at least you- Sorry, gone. You were going to say no. I was going to say at least you've got some idea that people are successfully completing it. Yeah, like once yeah, a week. That's, yeah, that's right.
0: And um, in the UI of a lot of these things, you can see if things have failed. But um, yeah, typically, I'm I'm not really getting those kind of emails because I've I've sort of lost contact with the site. You, with your agile mm-hmm. approach, are probably much more likely to to be looking through the the back end of their website and forms might be a part of that. And so you could see any error logs that were generated. Whereas my approach, especially if they're not on a care plan, was always, well, that's yours now. You've got to deal with that. So I would always leave them with that message. Prior to handing over the site, I would test all the forms and make sure that yeah. I receive, you know, I'd, I'd set me up as the recipient of any emails and test the forms. And then I would transfer that email address over to their one and say, right, now will you test them all? And once they tested them all, I would assume from that moment on that they were all going to
1: work successfully. Yeah, there is something nice about working on a site ongoing is that you're more likely to pick up on these things. So I kind of like the agile shift that I've had. So the, I've had the with forms, I've had the same issue twice really, and it's with using pop-up forms, which I was a big fan of, you know, this kind of idea that someone clicks on a button, they half committed in their lizard brain mode to filling in a form. So I was very keen on those things. But they've been the source of my issues. one technically because it didn't flag up the it, the pop-up would close before the error message would show so if it was oh. a complex form we were losing people and then more recently uh, another one using pop-up maker for some reason that seemed to fail on me and i've literally gone away and removed all of those i've dealt with forms in different ways i thought this is a complexity it's it's me twice you know yeah <laughs> yeah and forms are so important that i thought yeah let's not try and be clever with this let's have just you, stick the form there have you ever dabbled with i know it's strictly not wordpress but have you ever dabbled with sas
0: solutions to form so i can yeah. think of several you know it's woofoo and there's paper form and mm. question scout is another one i came across basically they're just sas solutions you know you drop a, a piece of javascript in and it brings the form in obviously it's a piece of third-party software loading but Something about that feels a bit reassuring, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, I've been working. I mean, paper form is something I've had for ages, and I'm going to be using it for something complex, and it's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's not going to, it doesn't embed very well into a page if you want to keep it light because it does so much stuff, it loads so much JavaScript by default. But gosh, it's so clever. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. So as a separate page, I like that, and I've uh, I did buy actually a deal. Uh, because I wanted to be able to build some static sites, I've built and I've forgotten what their name. Oh, Form Spark. Okay. I, they are new setup where they will. Um, you basically just put HTML in, and it takes care of the rest for you. It will do the delivery. It will report to you. It will send you and uh, whoever you want messages. So, I. Um, it's not actually in production anywhere at the moment, but you know I've been testing it a lot, and it's really quite cool. And yeah, I think, yeah. You so. get
0: the feeling that. Um, there's there's some sort of safety net there, isn't there, with a SaaS solution, because that's all that yeah. they're doing. And so long as their platform is just doing yeah. forms, they've got no compatibility issues. You know, it's not going to conflict with any other plugins or what have you. So there is something there. Yeah, I've I've used them. The only, the only gripe I have there is that depending on who owns the account, it can be tricky to get it set up. You know, if it's their account, they've got to give you the login details for all of that kind of stuff. But I guess that's no different yeah. from getting a license for a, a WordPress plugin, but... Yeah, okay. So there's there's UI ghost inspector is probably the best thing we know of although neither of us are
1: using it right now. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, performance we put down next to is it something we test for? Well, I uh, mean monitor. It definitely
0: used to be eyeballing it, didn't it? Back in the day it was just is the site working? There was mm. no real hint of Google getting involved in SEO and, you know, <laughs> if your page is loading slowly yeah. that's a problem. It was just you know, the anecdotal truth of, well, if it takes longer than a second to load, you're going to lose some visitors. Now it feels like this is a really crucial part. But I'm not sure how much the client would care. In our case, the, the, the Miss A, the lawyer... I'm not sure she'd be obsessing with us about this, but it may be something that we ought to obsess about if we want her site to be, you know, performant and rise up in the search engine Mm. rankings. And therefore she's impressed because she gets a load of new business and recommends us to other
1: people. Yeah, it has become really important. And I think for monitoring, we've also got the tools there. So, I mean, we, we, both use main WP and that has a tool where you it will do run tests and tell you what the Google score is. But also if we are monitoring the sites and this is something I'm keen to do now is to make sure that I go and check the search console for clients that I'm supposedly going an agile route with so I I actually get better information on performance because I'm actually getting some of the real user data which is the key thing with the performance rather than the the local tests yeah so this
0: was always a line item on my care plans and I yeah. I if if memory serves this was something which never really got taken up too much because this was on the the higher priced care plans yeah Right, And because, you know, there's actual work there. And if you are going to honor actually looking into, let's say, I don't know, Google Analytics or something like that, or Lighthouse Data or whatever it might be, then you've got to be doing it manually. Um, You know, if if you get some sort of flag from main WP to say something's gone wrong, you've got to be going to take a look at it. And so it wasn't something I ever got too involved with, to be honest. Um, Speaking of Google Analytics, that was often the domain of, of some department at their business, you know, they would track that themselves and they'd have an interest in all of that themselves. And it wasn't something I necessarily got involved in. It was because it's related to their business, the Mm. Google analytics side of things. Anyway, it's related to their business, not so much the web, you know, not so much the me building Mm. it. It never Mm. really got in, but now the UX side of things feels like that is going to be important. And that is, would be my responsibility because well, I guess the hosting might might matter, but generally speaking, it's the way the site's built and what tools and things you've got going
1: on in the background. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally never had a client that's been interested in performance apart from one. Who, you know, I rebuilt their site actually, and it was really, really fast. I was quite pleased with myself, oh, nice. and they kept complaining it was slow on their mobile. And it was like the most, you know, because no one's else, no one has said, oh, yes, well done on your fast performance site, David. No one's ever bothered, you know, before. I've only had somebody saying it was slow on their mobile, and it was like, well, I just, you know, do just. Do you know. remember like two years ago, maybe a bit more, that we, there was just general
0: widespread panic? that mm-hmm. this was going to become the most important metric for everything. Yeah. You know, Google were bringing out all of their core web vitals, and this was performance is obviously crucial to all of that. And our communities were just... It was like a never-ending cycle of things that you needed to do and messages that you needed to give to your clients. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think anybody ever asked me about this stuff. But mm. maybe it's going to become part of the vernacular and... You know, um, departments who are responsible for sending out requests for proposals, maybe this will be a line item, you know, show us what you're going to do to make sure it's as performant as possible.
1: Yeah. The only people I've heard talk about it when the clients are ruling on this, it seems like they've just kind of got into web development themselves and they've got the wrong end of the stick. You know, they think the scores are more important than anything else. And of course, the only thing that's important to Google is actually the real user data. And that can be entirely different from the scores that the tools are measuring for you. So, you know, uh, luckily, I've never had a client who's got into that because it sounds like you would yeah, end up with a bit of friction there, you know. Yeah,
0: because but... you would really struggle to to make that argument because because that kind of data can be tracked, whereas things like the content on the website is much more ephemeral and, you know, there's a bit more artistry there. It, you, you're going to go into a bit of a, a rabbit hole where unless the numbers were constantly going up, and it's only 96%, David, it needs yeah. to be 100%. You know, well, does it really? I don't know.
1: Um, but yeah, I think. But I, it think... Do, I mean, it does. Google publicly shame people now, don't they? I mean, if it if it's been measured to measured, then the data's in on that one. It's going to say they you don't pass Core Web Vitals, you know. Mm. So yeah. So I guess the the client at that point can say something. It's I feel a lot of them before they ever get to that point, and I I think most. Most of the sites don't seem to have enough traffic for Google to even bother going and providing the data. Yes, yeah.
0: but also um, I think that this is one of the things that you, at least you, at least there is data and you can fix things. You know, if Google does come back with, okay, this is this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem, this bit isn't a problem, yeah. then yeah. there's stuff to work on, and you can tell the clients that, okay, there's work to be done. Things have moved on, times have changed. You haven't updated your site in several years. It's time to
1: get with the program and let's have another look. Which is the next one, technical. Do do we do this? I mean, it's a big umbrella term, really, I guess, technical, whether they're running the latest software um, and that could be anything you know uh, upgrading to the next php or the next mysql Uh, is that something that we are monitoring and dealing with i guess we are well i guess i guess on to some level it depends on where your sites are being
0: hosted you know if you're on some kind of reasonably expensive managed wordpress hosting company yeah then <laughs> yeah. they're going to do this all for you. And they're, they're pretty good, aren't they? I mean, I don't know if you've got any websites on those kind of hosts, but they're pretty good at informing you that you know they've run their tests and your website seems to be fine, it should be fine, and it's going to be rolled over to the latest version of PHP on this date, so be mindful of it and so on and so forth. So a lot of that side of things is taken care of. But I know that you're a great fan of things like DigitalOcean, and mm. that's on you, then isn't it to update how yeah. do you do you monitor that and update things, or do you just sort of
1: leave it? What do you do? Well, PHP is fairly... Most of the time, you know, um, most of the tools I have update to the latest version fairly quickly and yeah. then there's usually somebody left over. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I do I do update something on my local site and then I will run debug to see if it's also... If this throwing out some errors these days and something I would have never done before, but yeah. I tend to do it now. Yeah, But yeah, so I'd keep on top. The other side of it, I think we talked about it last time, is the fact keeping up to date with the software. How do we inform you know, the the clients that perhaps the web is moving in a different direction so plugins that they used to have don't get updated any longer do we need to be alert into the fact they might be needed to swap out some of their software
0: yep and then you've got things like main wp and things like that which will help you to do all of this easily um but yeah i think in terms of the updating mysql and php versions and all of that and obviously you know the linux needs to be patched if there's some problem if you've got a a decent hosting company that headache has been removed but if if that's Mm -hmm. on you then i guess you've just got to be uh keeping your eye out reading some blog posts looking at the wordpress and technical news and seeing when things need updating Hmm. Mm. security okay so (laughs) yeah it's a black hole this one isn't it because Uh, Certainly, I feel it's a bit like the technical one that we just talked about. If you're not into creating your own hosting environments, I mean, actually creating them yourself and doing all the Linux distribution updates and all of that kind of things, then security is a bit of a black hole. And it's just so deep that I don't really have much insight into what's going on there. You know, there's a whole variety of solutions. In fact, I'd go as far as to say, I've probably tried every single solution out there And the message usually for me is I don't understand this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? I think I only have security monitors on because I've got clients. I think if I didn't with WordPress, knowing that I will update daily and I won't understand really uh, the security issues then i think i would just rely on some tightening up of wordpress and some tools like the free tools that you get bad bots something which prevents those and do that but actually i don't because i feel i have to report to clients i feel something has to scan you know right right so you have some sort of of
0: malware scanning tool which you can at least fall back on and say well we did the scans and the tools didn't pick it up is that so an insurance exactly. policy,
1: basically. Exactly. I've yep. gone from WordFence to, you know, in fact, we still use Malcare on some sites. The free version is very good on that. It doesn't fix stuff on the free version, but it tells you and it works very well. And virus die is a deal that I got some. But all of these, the key thing has been the thing that will do the scan, the firewall and the scanner. They're the two things I look for. And the scanner's the monitoring for my clients, really. The, I guess the
0: thing with all the security side is that, If, like me, and I think you are a bit like me, we're not really sure what's going on, then Hmm. any kind of information that it feeds back to you, a bit like we said about earlier, you get these emails from, uh, Hmm. I don't know, um, plugins that that tell you that, we were talking about form plugins giving you error logs and things like that. If you get loads of security emails and you don't really understand what's contained within it, it's really hard to know when you need to react and when you should just, oh,
1: well, that one can be thrown away. At least I think yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really get any alerts on that. I get a little summary from virus Die that says, you know, well done, you, 100% <laughs> this time. <laughs> Yours, you're ace. Well, like you see, that. that's
0: exactly the problem, though, because if you just keep getting those, eventually your muscle memory will be like, email from virus Die, delete. Oh, I never get tired of saying, you know, them saying you're awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what if one day you get an email? I mean, seriously, do you just do you individually open all those emails?
1: yeah i only oh, get like okay. a, a weekly summary oh, i do i do open so that one okay yeah because it's looking over a load of sites and it actually gives me a point score so if something did come up in that week it would let me know but then it would let me know anyway if there's an issue on it i've ne- to be honest i've never found an issue with this security monitoring and it, and it used to put them in reports and now it's just for me now yeah but it's still good to know that it's been done and i can prove it's been done should a client ask
0: yeah and again you are sort of just distancing yourself a little bit from the problem by saying yeah. well we're doing something and yeah. and you're very honest with your clients anyway aren't you you know you you're, you're mm-hmm. not claiming to have um some sort of degree in web internet security you're just saying yeah. i'm going <laughs> to yeah. do what i can do we've got these tools which will help us uh, beyond that
1: it's going to be a case of getting things cleaned up by a pro yeah and then the other thing that we might take responsibility for—the last one—is the legal stuff, isn't it? Which we've mentioned before, things like accessibility laws, changing GDPR. Obviously, was the big one that came in. No, not I this case though, because she's a lawyer, so she's dealing with this. I'm sorry, that's just... well,
0: do you,
1: uh, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't believe that she would know about this. No, I'm
0: sure she wouldn't. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think I think this is going to become increasingly more required i think when you and i began doing web design none of this you know not a single scintilla of it mattered you could put anything up on the internet it was a free for all and it didn't matter but now of course it's become a completely essential part of our lives almost like a a human right if you like And so things like accessibility are now incredibly important. Things like privacy, GDPR that you mentioned, incredibly important. And there are going to be laws which you're going to have to obey. Uh, Mm. But it's tricky, isn't it? Because in your case, if you're working with them and continue to work with them, as this stuff comes across your table and you hear about some new guidance that you need to follow in the UK, you you can tell that to your clients and work through it with them. Whereas with me, if I've kind of severed relations with them, then Mm. really, I need to make it clear that that's on them at the point where they take the site over. I need to put this in writing that, you know, from this
1: moment on, anything to do with applicable laws is is up to you to fix. One thing that crossed my mind, though, as we're talking about monitoring, how do we know this? You were telling me earlier about... You, you'd spoken to someone interviewed someone who knew much more about accessibility laws and how they apply to different areas and that i wouldn't have known any of that so you you've got your military built into the podcast that you're doing all the other interviews that you do with people but you know how's yeah, the regular I, yeah. i'm diving out of that stuff so, so I, I could easily not right
0: know. i think the the problem here is one of just distributing the information. So, if yeah. the, the podcast episode in question is, is for the WP Tavern and mm-hmm. uh, it's with a guy called Joe Dolson, it'll be out mm-hmm. in, probably by the time that this episode comes out, it'll be out. So, you can look for it over there. But he, he's obviously like cr- he's really interested in web accessibility, that is the cornerstone of his business. He's an accessibility expert, if you like. And so, mm-hmm. really, the only route I think for knowing that kind of thing is to be engaged with people like him, reading his blog posts and engaging in, well, mm. Facebook groups that take this seriously or Slack channels that take this stuff seriously. Certainly, there's no there's no mail dropping through my door. Lawyers aren't contacting me saying, have you got websites accessible? But mm. I think that in the future... If we do get more litigious, I think things like website accessibility and complying with those kind of laws, you are going to get ambulance chasers who are just creating lawsuits out of, well, not thin mm-hmm. air, but you know they'll, they'll develop tools to automate the process of finding websites that don't comply with, let's say, accessibility, GDPR, whatever, and they'll potentially come after you. So I think this is going to matter more and more. It's going to just be another part of the arsenal of things that everybody has to learn.
1: There isn't one publication, is there? You know, as I pull out of more groups, because I waste too much time in that kind of stuff, I I realize that I could, you know, cut off from certain bits of information. Stuff like this, I think I would lose. I think it's a
0: question of you finding those publications and then making it part of your cycle. You know, I mean. Uh, if you certainly it's never going to appear in like the daily press or anything like that you're going to have to find these people there are organizations you know web aim and things like that that um do it mm-hmm. but if you go to that wp tavern uh, episode joe dolson is his name d o l s o n when it comes out there's a, a huge list of links at the bottom of that post like i don't know 15 20 links of places where that you can go to find out about accessibility in particular. So, yeah, it it is going to matter, I think. And so you are, as a web developer, WordPress website builder, in the future, this legal component, I think, is going to become more
1: and more part of what we need to know. Yeah. Even though I have the longer relationship with clients or well, I'm aiming to have that now I, I actually think I probably take less responsibility than I ever have you know trying to set my relationship as an ongoing service for people as I kind of shared adult you know the website is theirs and where responsibility I'm bringing in my skills rather than I'm guaranteeing all of these things will be monitored and taken care of but I've definitely moved away from that yeah and I guess you've just got to position yourself
0: so that you don't take the responsibility on for everything. Mm. So, yeah. you know, a, 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 an easy example would be uptime. You know, if the site goes down, yeah, you've just got to be sure that the client knows that, well, that you've got to talk to the host. You know, we, we, now, we now no longer have an ongoing relationship. I built the site for you, but you're paying for the hosting. It's got nothing to do with me. You need to speak to them. But I think sometimes that's very hard for the clients to understand because you know you built the site, you're responsible it's gone down, what's gone wrong and it might be <laughs> nothing to do with yeah. you so setting those boundaries and making sure that they know but look at all the different things that we've talked about so there were six things there visual, UI, performance, technical, security, legal mm. is the job then to disassociate ourselves as much as possible with all of those things so that we're less culpable
1: should anything be spotted that goes wrong? Uh, well, I think I think not misleading. I think we have no control over most of those things right. directly, right. do we? Um, and I think just making people aware that you're, uh, you know, as best as I can, that I'm on their side and I'm working to help them with all of these things. But I don't, you know, singly get to control it. Even something like you just mentioned, which we didn't really talk about there, I do the hosting for people. I can't guarantee people enough uptime, even technically. Um, the, because how their site can still go down because their domain name server goes down. In fact, that's the only thing that seems to go down for right. my downtime for my clients. Right. You know, but they can't distinguish between the two. The site is either up or down. Did you ever get asked that by
0: clients? Because I have been asked that. I have been asked for an SLA on uptime before, and oh. and a, a, that really rang alarm bells for me because n- not only did I think, okay, this client kind of has real skin in the game. But they're asking me direct questions about that, presumably, so that if it doesn't meet that standard, they can come and come come for me. You know what I mean? And come and say, well, <laughs> yeah, this is what yeah. you promised. And at those moments, I, I really was quite clear that none of that was my responsibility. You know, we're dealing with a third-party hosting company. It will yeah. be up to them uh, if the website goes down for the reasons, you know, for a, a variety of reasons. But um, yeah, I, it was difficult for many of these clients to understand that the website and the hosting were separate components and that the DNS was a separate component. Uh, all of this needed a lot of explaining.
1: Yeah, I've, I've never had it. No one's ever, got, well, actually, that's not true. Somebody who I've, I've, led them to leave us i don't really want to carry on doing the work with them and uh they told me the other day that their site was down <laughs> um that the person who is now supposed to be building their new site had told them that it was down and i went there and it was up and i thought i'm not sure that's possible because the monitors go off for of these things all the time so yeah. uh, anyway i just said okay it's up now i don't know what happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and to be
0: fair that that happens quite frequently, doesn't it? You know, you, yeah. you will be on a site and it will go down, but yeah. it'll go down for a matter of seconds. Yeah. So so a, yes. a good example, and and it's kind of it, it kind of makes me really happy. I, I bought a, 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 a lifetime deal for a piece of software called Better Uptime, uh, yeah. and I think you did as well. And it's not a yep. it's not a plugin; it's a SaaS app. But it does one thing. And it does it really well. it literally just monitors whether the website is up or down and it it's got tons of permutations there's loads of stuff in there, but I just use it for that thing and when I do the update on main WP and I click update all, I very often get a slew of emails from better uptime because the site has gone into maintenance mode for let's say fifteen seconds whilst mm-hmm. the um, whilst the plugins are being updated. So it has gone offline. The Uptime Monitor has spotted it. I get a bunch of emails to say, problem, warning. Um, and then I get the the one a few, a few seconds after that to say, actually, forget that. It's gone. Um, which makes me believe that those tools work really well. I thoroughly recommend
1: Better Uptime. It's absolutely brilliant. And you've reminded me of another thing to monitor there, which it does for us, which is when the domain name is expiring, which is something which clients sometimes forget yes, to renew. Yes, I'd forgotten it yeah. did that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it?
1: It lets you know. I think,
0: I don't know mm. if Main WP does that as well, but certainly BetterOptime keeps a close eye on that. So if you're... It's never a problem for me because all my, all my domains are on recurring. You know, I have to go in and deliberately say that I'm going to not uh, purchase them again next year. But for the clients, oh... Yeah, that's a that can be a real problem, I imagine.
1: Yeah, well, gosh, we thought we were going to rush through that stuff quickly. We still got another side: the the monitoring for business effectiveness, which is what the agile thing is supposed to be more about. You know, trying to get some information back about how real users are using the website, so we can look for clues on how to continuously improve it. So, should we chat about that? Yeah, there not- are so many
0: tools. In fact, that. I think the problem with a lot of these tools now is that there's so many, um, there's so many <laughs> data points coming out of them yeah. that it kind of get gets lost. Like back in the day, you know, Google Analytics came along, and at the time that it came out, it was fairly straightforward to understand. Honestly, I I think it's like I could spend a month learning about Google Analytics and still not know half of what it does so sometimes i do wonder (laughs) how much of this data do we actually need you know do we need data on absolutely everything and apparently the answer is yes but it's then (laughs) making sense of all that data
1: yeah i think it's very easy to make it complicated i mean i've gone for this agile approach where we take our clues but i've kept it as simple as possible And, and google analytics i mean of course the the traditional one that we're used to is going to go away and we now need to convert over to google Analytics. Four isn't it? Yeah, four, uh, which yeah. and um, yeah, it has a whole different approach to it, but I still think, yeah, I mean, monitoring visitor numbers, the types of visitors, perhaps the time of day sometimes is interesting, yeah. the types of browsers that are using it, whether there's more on mobile, all of that kind of stuff gives you some sort of indication, which maybe on new builds you wouldn't have known about and can influence. Uh, changes that you might make. To the well, website. I think
0: I think for you with your agile yeah. way, this is this is really great data. You know, if if you see that yeah. you change something on a whim and the 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 number of I don't know visits to a certain page just died, then you can work with that. Whereas for me, it, unless somebody's paying for my time to look at this data, it's really not going to happen. It was like we mentioned a minute ago. You know, with Google Analytics. Unless somebody was paying me my hourly rate to sit down and go through a lot of this stuff, it basically wasn't going to happen. And so you'd go from, I don't know, you may go for several years and then they come back to you and say, right, we want to refresh the website. And you say, okay, tell me about what you've noticed with the Google Analytics over the years. And of course, the, mm-hmm. the answer 99% of the time was, we've no idea. Nobody's been monitoring that. Um,
1: <laughs> but your approach allows for it, I think, much more than mine did. Yeah, but I'm sure the tools, I mean, there are a few things that I do. I, I mean, another great deal was Accuranker, a good tool there that allows you to rank keywords. So that's something that we'd often start off with. We're trying to rank for certain things with a new business and then just see how effective we're being on that. There are other tools, of course, that yeah. do that. Uh, I've never got into, I mean, again, a free tool that we can use. Well, free to a certain degree uh, for A, B testing as Google Optimize. I've only ever experimented with that. Um, But Clarity is the tool that, the Microsoft Clarity is the tool that I think is really useful um, for getting user behavior, which is the key thing we're looking for, how people are using the site. And it will record for free your visitors and you can watch what they did and where they moved around with their mouse.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're not the only one to talk to me about Microsoft Clarity and how useful it is. And, And my understanding is it's totally
1: free, right? Yep, and yep. it tends to be free for, for good. I mean, it's it's great. Uh, I, I mean, if you're not really into the numbers either, you don't really need Google Analytics. You, it will give you the basic numbers there. But it gives you a few of these kind of um, just useful things to look at. They've got excessive scrolling to see if uh, people are moving up and down pages a yep. lot, meaning they can't find what they want. Dead links where, sorry, dead clicks where people are, clicking on things so they're always good to look at to see if somebody thinks something is a button when it's not right right <laughs> oh that is interesting uh,
0: uh, okay yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that's a really useful one rage links where uh, rage yeah. clicks yeah. sorry uh where people are you know clicking because it's not doing yeah so that can give over you and over idea. again yeah 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 quick backs also when uh, supposed to be an indication when somebody shoots straight back to the page that we're at before it's an indication that perhaps the page they went to isn't given them what they expected to find mm. So all these I think that's a really great tool I mean there's lots and lots of things out there things I've bought that allow you to get into that in depth but if you want something very simple I think I think everybody even if you're just doing a care plan now and wasn't going an agile route might want to consider putting in something like clarity just so Well I mean gathered. if it's free I guess I guess in my system
0: let's imagine a scenario where miss A has the website built but then she doesn't want a yeah. care plan it would definitely yeah. go onto a list of things to recommend You know, I could certainly set that up and get it running with their account and then say, okay, Mm -hmm. now it's up to you to to monitor that for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it can come back and tell you a lot of stuff. You know, it's got the usual hotspots that you get with these tools. Your hot jar is the well-known one of that. So it does that and you're scrolling so you get to see. So it's been a bit of an eye-opener. Some things I've believed in about how pages will be scrolled down, I've been quite keen to go for the long form homepage, which has all of the stuff in there. But maybe I've made some wrong decisions there when I look at the statistics. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? To get to. There's
0: there's some of these tools which kind of more or less shoot video of what (laughs) the user is doing. And it's Mm. quite interesting when you look at them, you know, if they come to the website and they're, I don't know, for three or four seconds, they look at what's at the top of the site where the hero is. And then you see Mm. them quickly scroll down and then quickly scroll up again it just gives you some sort of insight into, oh, what are people actually doing on this website where are they landing where are their eyes getting drawn to where does the mouse end up and it can be fascinating my only concern with those is is what they're doing to the sort of cpu on the user's end you know are they slowing things down but i'm guessing that microsoft have tried to make it as
1: well as lean as possible well, I've installed it and all the speed tests were exactly the same as they were before. I yeah. mean, it's the first thing I was worried about. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's not really the speed test side of things. It's more like how oh, is it draining see, the battery
0: yeah. on the mobile phone that is being inspected sure. and things like that. You know, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm sure it probably won't make much of a difference, but you never know if it's constantly... Sending back information every like half a second to the, their yes. server, just telling you where the mouse is now and how long it's been there and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I have no idea whether that would be a, an important consideration or not. But the tools are certainly there. There's loads of tools. And I do feel that in your scenario with your agile approach, this is a this is an absolute must. You've got to be doing this kind of stuff, talking with them, showing them the data,
1: all of that. I think, you know, just to be a better designer, I think even if you don't do that, installing Clarity and maybe looking at some old sites is quite interesting. I, I de- Definitely, you know, because you can look at something like... Um just the, the very simple thing about where people are scrolling to. Of course, behavior is entirely different for mobile than they are for a desktop and being able to look at that and look at your design. And I, I think, it, you know, just gives you some ideas about whether your design did do well. Did it lead people yep. on to get to the bottom?
0: Yep. Yeah. In your scenario, you're working with them. But in my scenario, just popping in once every mm. six months and giving it a 10 minute glance, just to yeah. see if there's something that you can go back to the client with and say, look, I, I was just browsing on your website and I noticed this. Um, let's have a discussion about how we can improve that because I've got some ideas. It may be a way yeah. to uh, to sort of revitalize and get, get work out of a client that's gone sort of cold.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: Well, so yeah. much for that being a short episode. We're on 47 <laughs> minutes. What happened there?
1: Uh, yeah. Is that okay it for this well, one? Definitely. Okay. Next, Where, where next, are we going
0: next? Hosting. Okay. Hosting. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, We're <laughs> going to have to be so careful. N- n- mention no <laughs> names. Uh, so that'll be in two weeks' <laughs> time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have a nice couple of weeks. See you later. Yeah,
1: you too. Cheers. Bye.
0: Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Very nice chatting to David Wormsley today, all about monitoring WordPress websites for your clients. If you have any thoughts, please head over to our website, wpbuilds.com, search for episode number 303, and leave us a comment there. Alternatively, join us on Mastodon, wpbuilds.social, and you could leave us a comment there. Or there's always our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, we love to hear your comments, whether you agree with us or disagree with us. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we do thank GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, we will be back next Thursday as it was a chat with David and I this week. Next week, it will be an interview. We'll have to wait and see who that's going to be. We'll also be going live, as we always do, for our This Week in WordPress show on Monday. 2pm UK time bookmark the page wpbuilds.com forward slash live and join us live in the comments it's always a pleasure when people do that okay that's all I've got for you this week I hope you have a safe week I'm gonna fade in some really quite cheesy music and say bye-bye for now